Create Out Loud is brought to you by Anchor.fm. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast so you can, yes, create out loud. It's free. They give you tools so you can record easily on your phone or your computer. They'll distribute the podcast for you. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get started. Because yeah, I want you to create out loud. Hey everyone, welcome back to Create Out Loud with me, Jen Loudon. On this show, we invite the world's most interesting, dynamic, and groundbreaking creatives to get vulnerable about their creative journey and to share the lessons they've learned along the way so that you too can have a deep and fulfilling creative life. This week, our guest is me. It's time for a solo episode, which I come to you to talk about something I've learned or taught or seen creatives and writers struggle with that I want to help you with. And the subject of this solo episode for you is the importance of you doing you. What do I mean by that? Well, here's what I've seen in my 30 years of being a creative and my own creative life and in the, and the thousands and thousands of creatives I've worked with and writers I've coached. And that is that we, not all of us, so hopefully this isn't true for you, but just listen up because it can be subtle, but we get beliefs, wounds, and sticky points around the subject matter or the voice or the style in which we think we have to create. When we do that, sometimes, not always, it leads us to get really stuck and dry because we're not actually creating about or in the style or voice of what is fresh and real for us. I'm going to use a story from Lev Grossman. He's a fantasy novelist. He's the author of the trilogy, The Magicians. I love that trilogy so much. And he has a piece in the New York Times, it's a number of years ago now, in which he writes about his exact struggle to do this, to find his, not find, but actually allow, not find, but allow, his natural desire and obsession and curiosity and deep love of fantasy to be the subject of his novels. You can find a link to the whole uh, opinion piece that he wrote in the New York Times in our show notes, wherever you get this. We always include some cool show notes and invites to links to my programs and to the oasis that opens to new members from time to time. Lev wrote fiction for 17 years before he found out he was a fantasy novelist. And he grew up in a very literary household. His mother was a novelist. His father wrote poetry. He had won a MacArthur Genius Fellowship for it. They were both English professors. And though fantasy was his first love and what he read for pleasure, he got a degree in comparative literature from Yale. He published two literary novels. He writes he knew something was missing. They had a chilly quality, Lev says. The writing came slow and hard. There was something inside me that just wasn't making it onto the page. I hadn't found my voice yet. I was starting to wonder if I even had one. So just want to pause there. And I just want you to reflect in your own way. Have you ever had a moment like this in your creative life? Are you having one right now? What we tend to do, if you're anything like me, is get into the fixed mindset in moments like this and think we don't have the talent. Talent is such a bogus concept. It is crap. Talent is a way that we hide. The question is never do we have the talent. As far as I'm concerned, the question is, are we willing to learn and grow? 
And are we willing to pay attention to what grabs our attention, to what we value, even if the culture says, no, 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 that's not cool, or that's not literary, or that's not valuable, or that won't sell. It's hard. I'm not saying it's easy, but the signs are almost always there. Have you ever experienced that? Are you experiencing it now? And are you blaming yourself? Are you making it a question of the world doesn't understand you or I don't have what it takes? And what if it's not? What if it's that something new or something that you haven't allowed yourself to claim, to be curious about is calling you? Lev goes on to talk about how magic and fantasy writing was changing and he started to realize all along fantasy was offering me something I needed, something I couldn't get anywhere else, not even from literary fiction. That's when I stopped reading fantasy and started writing it. Again, I'm going to pause. I'm just going to ask you, if I could wave a magic wand and you were allowed to start making something that would feel so much more you or that there would be a freedom in it, what would that be? And again, it may not be different content or subject matter. It might be a different style or a different voice, different slant, maybe bringing in something that has felt forbidden. Lev says a little later in the piece, the first time I wrote a sentence about a person casting a spell, it was like I heard distant alarms going off. I felt like there must be a control room somewhere with a bunch of people sitting wearing headsets and looking at a red dot blinking on a map. And the dot was me. And the people were saying, he's breaking the rules. We can't let him get away with this. I was writing against my education, Harvard and Yale, and my upbringing. I was writing against reality itself. I was breaking rules and not just the literary kind, but the thermodynamic kind too. It felt forbidden. It felt good. Better than good, it was the most profound, intense writing experience I'd ever had. The icy grip of reality on my fiction cracked and a torrent of magic came rushing out. The thing about life in the real world is all your hopes and dreams and desires and feelings are trapped inside you. Reality doesn't care. It's stiffly, primly, and different to your inner life. But in a fantasy world, all those feelings come out. When you can cast a spell, you use your desires and emotions to change reality. You reshape the outer world to look more like your inner world. You have demons in your subconscious. In a fantasy world, those demons can get out or you can grapple with them face to face. The story I was telling was impossible and I believed it more than I believed in 10,000 entirely reasonable, plausible things I'd written before. He closes the piece by saying, I was conscious that I was giving things up. There's a certain kind of respect that fantasy simply doesn't get. If I was ever going to win a Pulitzer for my fiction, which admittedly was pretty doubtful, I wasn't going to do it writing fantasy. But writing about magic felt like magic. It was as if all my life I'd been writing in a foreign language that I wasn't quite fluent in, and now I'd found my mother tongue. It turned out I did have a voice after all. I'd had it all along. I just wasn't looking for it in the right place. Clearly, I really love this, but I love it because I think it speaks to an incredibly important way that we can lose our way as creatives, not just at the big moments like Lev is talking about, like, wow, I was trying to write stuff that didn't speak to me. I wasn't following my actual interests, my deep passion and love. I wasn't giving myself full permission. That can certainly happen. It's happened to me. 
but it can also happen you are following it and then you get lost. You may be doing a, you're writing a book or you're doing a big show or you're, you're, you're writing a play and it takes a long darn time and it's easy to lose your way. It's easy to lose your confidence. It's easy to start thinking I should do this. I must do that. What about this? This might work better and not even be aware of it, right? So much of what influences us in our lives, so much of what influences our day-to-day choices and decisions is not in our conscious awareness. And we just have to have a sense of humor about that. That's how we're built. When this happens, you can think about Lev's story. You can think about questions like, am I doing me? Am I following what has heart and meaning for me? What's fresh here? And what was the original spark? It's often a kinesthetic feeling for me. This was the original spark. This is what I really need to go back to and explore. It's it's very intuitive. It's not necessarily super logical, at least for me. But you do you in your work feels to me like central instructions for the creative life. And so darn obvious but much more difficult to live. George Saunders in his last book, A Swim in the Pond in the Rain, which is about writing short stories and studying the great Russian short stories that he's taught for a couple of decades at Syracuse. He talks about the same thing happened to him. He was writing, he wanted to be Hemingway and he was writing about working in the Asian oil fields and these very realistic stories and nobody bought them and nobody liked them. They felt dead on arrival to him too, but he kept trying because he had this idea. And that idea wasn't working. And when he finally gave it up, and it's a really hysterical story in the book, because it's really by happenstance, by mistake, that he realizes his quirkiness, his weirdness, his darkness, his twistedness is his style and his subject matter, not Hemingway realistic fiction. But he has to mourn a little bit like love too. He has to mourn. What does that mean? Because he had this idea of himself, this identity of what it meant to be a writer. And that's part of what we have to be super curious about in our own creative lives. What identity, and this is really tricky to see, what identity do we think we have to assume for us to be enough to cross the bar to matter? For some people it might be, well, if I'm not doing Shakespeare in the park, I'm not really an actor. Or if I'm not in a particular gallery in Manhattan, or if I'm not in a particular bestseller list or sell a certain amount of copies, fill in the blank for you. And our goals and our dreams, they're great. They're fun, unless they stop us from doing us, from creating what's true and alive for us, for you. Is this the year you're gonna focus on your writing and even change your relationship with writing? Find a way to be more joyful, to be more consistent, to truly write what only you can write. And do you wanna start strong and start with community and structure and a truly revolutionary, well-tested, over 20 years method, along with learning more ideas about craft and getting coaching from a very experienced writing coach and mentor and best-selling author. If any of that sounds good, please pop over to jenniferloudoncom forward slash write dash now. That's jenniferloudon.com forward slash write dash now. Come create a more generative, flexible, and happy relationship to writing. Let 2022, oh my gosh, 2022. (laughs) I can't believe it's almost 2022. Let this be the year that you take your writing more seriously and more joyfully. In the end, this is an act of 
great self-compassion, one of our themes that we come back here, uh, we come back to here over and over again. Because to create anything, even if it's not even in any realm of autobiographical or drawing on your own life, is to be seen. It is to say, I care about this. I'm interested in this. This is my attempt to express something to you, to you, whomever you are, whether you're looking at my pottery in a store or the way I gift wrapped in a package at a birthday party. This is my attempt to make beauty in the world, to make meaning. And to do that is to be seen, even if it's only by one other person. And that is very, very hard for most of us. It feels not safe. And depending on our our background and our experience as creatives and humans and any trauma we're carrying, what our experiences of belonging in the world. And so we have to have a lot of mercy around what does it mean to do me? And we also have to be willing to be still frustrated if we do make a switch in our work or our focus, because it may be that there's some real growth and learning that has to happen. I love Webb's story, but it could be a little misleading for some of us because he not only had so much more fun writing, but those three books became mega bestsellers in a TV series. And we may find something that's more us and has that sort of passion, and we may still stumble and we may not get the outcome we want and we may still find there's a lot of learning and growth that we need to do to really learn how to express this thing whatever it is whatever your discipline so it's not a guarantee of like what success or what ease but it's a guarantee of satisfaction it's a guarantee of digging into whatever it is that calls you forward because being a creative is being an explorer and it's being a problem solver one of the things I tell writers is you are a problem solver. Writing is the act of problem solving. There is nothing wrong when you have problems. You need to learn to exult in that. Yes, look, I've got a problem. Cool, something's happening here. I'm interested in it. I'm curious. What am I going to do? There's not just one answer of what I could do, but what feels most fresh? What feels most me to do in this problem solving moment? problem exploring moment. Maybe that's better. I do want to say that for creatives listening who are making their living, I may be really pushing a button here because you may have a genre or a style, etc., that is popular and it's paying the bills. And I've been there too. I had unbeknownst to me, started a series with my first book and my next three books were all about comfort and self-care and taking care of yourself in different ways. And probably if I'd been smart, I would have kept going with that. I would have really owned the self-care, self-nurturing place for a lot longer and a lot bigger than I did. But I got tired and I moved on. And there's a, there's a financial cost to that, a big financial cost uh, in some ways, because I used to get a lot of speaking work and a lot of um, brand work. Brands would hire me for a ridiculous amount of money to come in and talk about comfort and self-care. And if that's you too... There's just two things to think about. Oh, I'm sure there's many more than two things. There's two things I can think about right now. One is it's cool if that's what you need to do to make the money, but watch out for how close you're getting to creative burnout, how hard it's getting to create that, how little juice you're getting back from it. Keep an eye on it because it's hard to come back from deep creative burnout. And one way to prevent it is to give yourself some time to do something on the side that is more fresh, that is calling to you, that maybe you don't share with anyone, that you don't try to sell, that no one knows about. Now, of course, time is an issue on this and there's gonna be things you're gonna have to give up. And sometimes it means that we're gonna make real sacrifices in our life. We get used to a certain level of financial security or freedom or just, you know, hey, not having to worry about paying the rent. 
And that's hard to give up. I'm not saying do that, but I'm saying keep an eye on, are you feeling fresh? Are you filling up? Are you, are you allowing yourself at least some time and place to explore? There is a special part of being a creative that we cannot ignore, or we can. We can ignore anything, but we do it at our own cost. And that is this need to grow and to express what's fresh for us and to keep learning. I want to share in closing some journal prompts that I have used with students. And you could take these into your journal or into a conversation with a creative or out on a walk just to ponder or into your creative work, you know, make something with them. And those questions are some of the ways I struggle with letting myself be me. Like, how does it show up in your content? How does it show up in your process, in your voice or your style? What does it feel like in your body? My biggest fear about creating as me is, what are you afraid? Who do you, you think is going to say, nope, not okay? Where is the alarm going to go off and they're going to find your red dot on the map? When I let myself create as me, the project or part of my present project that I know it's time to create next. So what calls do you to actually create, to write, to sculpt, to sketch? What I know is not me, and so I will not create it. Isn't that a good one? I love this one. What I know is not me. It's not mine. It's not my voice or my content or whatever. So I will not make it. Make a list of that. Sometimes it works better for our brain because the negativity bias is so strong to say, not that, not that, not that. That is not what I'm called. That is not what I want to do anymore. That's not what feels like me. So hat tip to love, hat tip to George Saunders for his story, hat tip to all the people that have wrestled with this in my classes and programs, and hat tip to you for considering to being open to what's calling you next, what's fresh for you. And if these are things that you want to know more about and you're a writer, you can get on my email list. We open new programs from time to time that are wonderful deep dives into really writing and approaching writing in a completely different way. I just had a student say to me, that she was really having to kind of mourn the fact that she had suffered as a writer for so many years because she didn't know these approaches and ideas that I teach were out there. So if you struggle with writing, it's some good stuff that I got going over there. And if you're more of a general creative or a lot of different creative disciplines or not a writer at all, you might find the Oasis, which is my very low cost, very wonderful community. It's all about really living um, wholeheartedly and mindfully and making more time and priorities for your creative work and interesting support. And that opens for new members from time to time. And you can find out more information about that and my writing programs at my website, jenniferloudon.com. I'm so thankful that you're listening. I so hope that you will join my email list or get on the wait list for one of my programs. And I hope you'll download this episode and all the other ones so that the world knows that we're here and that we exist. And most of all, what I hope with my whole heart is that you will create out loud.